Welcome to another brand new episode of Take a Shelfie, the podcast about bottle shops and the pints and people you find therein. I'm Jeff Martin, and with me as always is a man who I came across on the street and said, hey, and then he gave me half his money, Matt Prince. <laughs> what? I don't know that reference, Jeff. It's a dreidel joke. Oh, I, how did I miss that? I'm the Jew. It just goes exactly. over my head. I love it. I love it. You know, thank you, Jeff, for making me feel included in this episode because, um, you know, it's the holiday season and Santa Claus. No, I won't do it. I won't do it. I won't sing. Um, but it's good to see you. Happy holidays. We've made it to the end of 2020, just about. And we're here to talk about beer again. So this is great. Yeah, Matt, ha- uh, happy end of Hanukkah. Hanukkah ended a couple days ago. Christmas itself is in a, is in a couple days. I know you celebrate both, um, and I'm just exci- I'm just excited for the holiday season. And like you said, especially because it means that we are edging ever so closer to the end of this the, this putrid year. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I it's funny. I was at uh, Second Sin Brewing yesterday, and uh, they are releasing a couple of uh, Northeast IPAs. That's what they call them. So I'm going to use their words on um, on Wednesday on Festivus. And one of them has is is about the year of 2020. I can't remember if it's just called 2020. I, I don't remember. But the um, the can art the, is just a, a dumpster with fire coming out. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that, that that's about right. Like, yes, 2020 is was will always be remembered as a dumpster fire. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, we're, but we're going to talk about making the days merry and bright. And speaking of merry and bright, what are you drinking, Matt? You know, Jeff, I'm drinking Snowmen Are Jolly Too. It's a holiday ale with spices from New Trail Brewing. Um, and boy, is it, is it packed with with you know your typical winter Christmas spice, and it is freaking awesome. I mean, it's really hitting the spot right now. It's like a very malty beverage looks kind of i guess a red ale or a brown ale base and it is fantastic uh, is it a winter warmer you, you know it doesn't say to be honest I, it just says holiday ale with spices it looks um, sort of like a winter warmer. yeah yeah i mean yeah when i think about like winter i remember uh who was it six point used to do a really good warmer um that looked very similar to this so you're probably right yeah. what are you what are you drinking jeff uh, I'm drinking some some of Delaware County's finest uh, H2O. Um, it's it's just noon when we're recording uh, today, and I have not yet gotten my workout in for the day, so I'm I'm uh, I'm going to hold off on the beer until uh, after that. And also, you know, everyone needs a little bit of liquid courage to watch the Eagles nowadays. Yeah. Uh, so that that might I might drink <laughs> just before the Eagles to get me at least through the first quarter. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, Jeff. So, uh, you know, Jeff, I, I got in touch with you about this episode. I was really, um, I, even though I'm Jewish, my wife is Catholic. Uh, I love Christmas. I'm a huge fan of Christmas. And I thought, what better way to ring in the holiday season with an episode about all things Christmas and beer? So, um, you know, I thought we'd just talk about great Christmas beers and maybe some like great beer gifts you could give your friends and family. So Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So I guess first things first, let's get the beer out of the way. Jeff, it's the holiday season and you are reaching for a beer to get you in the spirit. What are you reaching for? Drink up, listeners, because here comes one of uh, Take a Shelfie's old tropes. 
Trogues. I'm I'm reading from Mad Elf um, or Mad Elf Grand Crew, but both from Trogues. A nice ale. Uh, it's it's tart. It's got cherries in it. It's Belgian. Um, winter time for me is is the time for Belgian beers, and so um, Mad Elf certainly makes the list. And while I'm talking about Grand Crew, I also think of uh, Flying Fish. And their Grand Cru, which is a terrific beer. Something that's not uh, super heavy. Um, something that's merry and bright. Yeah. Uh, you know, a little, a little bright feel over maybe some of the winter warming. Uh, what are you going for, Matt? It really all depends because now um, Christmas beers, brewers are getting really creative with Christmas beers. I mean, now I'm drinking New Trail, but New Trail does like a Christmas cookie milkshake IPA, which is a fun beer to drink while baking Christmas cookies because the flavor and the smell of the cookie and the tasting the dough while you cook, it all kind of works well together. Um, I just yesterday purchased a four pack from Tired Hands, um, the latest iteration in their uh, milkshake IPA series. They did a triple vanilla eggnog nitro milkshake IPA. So wrap your mind around that. But <laughs> I know I know tri- you're- tri- Triple. Triple, triple vanilla vanilla eggnog milkshake Ni- nitro milkshake triple vanilla eggnog nitro milkshake yep that's just like a, a can of heavy cream yeah essentially uh but i hear it's loaded with christmas spice uh, i hear it's got it actually people are so far it seem to be liking it and the, the nitro helps it's got it's really asking you to enjoy that kind of frothy mouthfeel um so i'm interested i'm very interested for that i'm waiting till either christmas eve or christmas to drink that but if i'm gonna go and think of like what is my absolute go-to this time of year we've mentioned this beer i think but the anchor uh merry christmas happy holidays um beer is just such a standard that every year i have to get a bottle or two just not the big bottles just like a little 12 ounce bottle um that's a great winter warmer and it's always fantastic. Uh, they do a different recipe each year. And a big part of that beer for me is seeing which tree makes it to the label. Cause every year it's a different evergreen tree and it's always exciting. The artwork's always beautiful. You can't help but get in the spirit when you're sipping on it and looking at the Christmas tree on the label. Can I, can I give you a, uh, a an example of a Christmas beer that I don't like at all? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a beer celebration podcast, but I think we're we're very friendly most of the time to beer. And I I thought of one while you were talking that I don't like at all, and that is Krampus by Southern Tier Brewing Company. Uh, it, it's an Imperial Pilsner, and I I have rated it a three and then a four on Untapped, but truly I think I was just in the festive mood because. I don't think that's a style that works, Imperial Pilsner. The point of Pilsner to me is that it's, you know, light and refreshing and, and easy drinking. Don't put the word Imperial in front of that. That's that's what I think. Yeah, I really, I agree with you there. I don't understand the desire to make everything Imperial. Like, and now you see every style and every style has an Imperial version. I'm like, a Pilsner is supposed to be something that I can have many of, something that's refreshing, something that's not going to get me, you know, drunk i mean a pilsner she should be able to enjoy plenty of them don't make an imperial that doesn't make any sense can i share with you a christmas beer that you might not know is a christmas beer sure so there is a brewery in i guess they're in belgium 
and they are very famous for for one beer um and it was brewed uh, i think originally in the 1900s early 1900s um called stella artois and that was originally brewed as a gift to all of the head brewers friends named after Stella, the star Stella, um, Artois meaning star in French. Um, but Stella Artois was originally a Christmas gift beer. Um, and the, the people who were drinking it liked it so much that it became their mass produced beer and is one of the most um, enjoyed beers across the world. So around the world, across the world, um, which is really interesting. And I remembered that this morning when I was out walking in the snow, I remembered, I think Stella's a Christmas beer. And, and it is, the style itself is not a, a, a Christmassy, but it started as a Christmas present. So Jeff, that kind of gets me thinking about gifts. And, you know, we both like to give gifts. We both like to receive gifts. Um, I, throughout the year, I actually keep a list on my phone of, of like brewery merchandise or, you know, bottles that I could age for a while that I'm interested in from breweries. And when people ask me for gift ideas, like people say, well, what do you want this year? I am, I'm always ready with a list of beer themed gifts. What merchandise do you look out for when you're at a brewery maybe something that you'd like to give or get as a gift see you're you're very much more a merch guy than i am um you love a brewery t-shirt uh don't you yeah oh yeah oh yeah um i'm uh i'm really a fan of a sticker uh which is not a great you know, it's not a great gift because it's like two bucks. But I mean, the thought—it's the thought that counts. So, I mean, if someone gave me a, a a sticker from a brewery that I really like and have never been to or something, I'd be like, "Yes, thank you so much." Because, like, what what I like to do is take the sticker and put it on a magnetic sheet, and then make a magnet out of it and put it on my kegerator. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoy that. I used to collect uh, growlers from different uh, different breweries. But I found that to be a, a kind of unwieldy collection to have. Um, you're looking behind me at what I collect the most of, which is bobbleheads. But they take up a lot of shelf space on their own. Can you imagine how much more shelf space a growler would take up? Um, so, I mean, if I'm going merch, I'm probably sticker. But, I, you know, if you're going to go to a brewery, get me a gift, four packs, fine. A four right. pack would be great. And, you know, a, a sticker actually makes a great stocking stuffer because it's small. You can get a bunch of them. And like you said, you go and you take it and you take it to the next level by putting the magnet sheet behind it and throw it on your beer fridge, which is very creative in and of its own. Um uh, yeah, you I, are like, a t-shirt guy. You're a t-shirt guy. Yeah, I'm a brewery t-shirt guy. Whenever I'm at a brewery, for the most part, uh, right now, I mean, my beer t-shirt drawer, I pretty much have a drawer that's half dedicated to beer. The other half is dedicated to Philly sports and, and race shirts that I've done, uh, running races that I've done, um, kind of overflowing right now. But I like a good brewery t-shirt that doesn't look like your standard brewery t-shirt, if that makes any sense. I want it to be something that has a really nice aesthetic that fits in with my style. And there are a lot of breweries that are really taking um, the design of their shirts and any of their clothing that they sell to the next level. I mean, there's a lot of breweries that I've really admired from afar, like uh, Hudson Valley Brewing and um, Tired Hands, who I like, they they put their, their label art on shirts. They kind of take the art from their cans and kind of 
make it more clothing worthy. It's not just like a label stuck stuck on a shirt. Um, so yeah, definitely, I I love a good T-shirt. Is there anything else, Jeff, that like you've picked up from a brewery over time? Thinking back to merchandise that you might have picked up from a brewery. Uh, it's it's another unwieldy sort of collection, but I have maintained it over the years, and that's glassware, Matt. Um, some of my most cherished glassware in my uh, cabinet is uh, glassware I've gotten from breweries. The, I think the very first brewery tour I ever went on, which was at Flying Fish in New Jersey, I bought a uh, four-pack of pint glasses, and it was the, like, like their four flagship beers, and it was just the labels. But uh, I, I enjoy glassware as as a brewery souvenir, uh, as brewery merch. That's that's a good one. Yeah, you know, Jeff, I just recently got this. Uh, you can see it. I got a can glass from Crime and Punishment. And what I like about this glass is that it's actually like I've seen other can glasses that are thicker, like they're shorter and they're wider. This one is actually the size of a 16 ounce pounder can which I love because it's sleeker, it's taller. And when you put it next to a pounder can, it looks really nice. And it actually holds all of the beer from that pounder, which is really nice. I've had beer can glasses in the past that are the shape of 12 ounces. Right. Uh, and that's, that's fine. I like the glass, but it doesn't really fit the format of most of what is sold these days. A pounder size can glass is a pretty, it's a pretty cool gift. Yeah, yeah, it is cool. And uh, I I do really like, um, like you, I love my glass collection. Um, and I usually try to diversify it. You know, a lot, gone is like the shaker pints. People aren't really selling those anymore, those standard pint glasses. But now you get like specialty glasses. Like I have this really great um, Tubinger mug from Human Robot. That's great for like a good lager or a Pilsner. I've got a a um, tumbler or some people call it the stemless tiku from tired hands that's great for an ipa or a sour um you know and i i'm sure you have a wonderful pilsner glass because you know you're a pilsner man now matt there are uh gifts that are beer themed that are outside of the brewery um collective that that are sort of outside of brewery theme i mean there's a ton of gifts and and i think that a lot of people tend to look up like what do I get for the beer lover in my life and I wanted to sort of run through a couple of these um, with you and see what you thought of them sounds good to me Jeff yeah so we we, we started we ta- already talked about glassware um, so you like brewery um, branded glassware would you like like a custom pint glass like with your name on it or your initials you know I've actually gotten so like I um I've been in some weddings where the gift, like the groomsman gift is like a mug, like a nice mug. Like if I, a lot of times like a store, like things remembered, they'll, they'll do like a mug with a nice like metal plate on it that has your name, maybe the date of the wedding. That's always like a really thoughtful gift. Mm -hmm. It's something that, you know, I've used, um, I've kind of ruined a few of the ones that I had because the metal plate always falls off. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think, what might be interesting for someone like you, Jeff, you're a home brewer. Um, maybe somebody giving you a glass that has your, you know, your brewery name on it or like your brewery name. Cause it's really um, personal. Or like you, if you had a logo, like if you're a home brewer who does a logo for their home, you know, home brewery, if you get that on like a shirt 
or a glass. I think that's something that would be um, really cool to see happen because it kind of gives you the idea like this could like if I did own a real brewery, this glass could be there. And that's kind of neat. That is, that is really neat. In fact, my my brewery, my home brewery uh, does have a logo. Third Mortgage is what we're called. Third Mortgage Brewing. It's a Ghostbusters reference. Everyone has a third mortgage these days. And so it's a roundel. Uh, and inside of the roundel is uh, a firehouse that looks a lot like the Ghostbusters firehouse. Uh, and then there's hops on either side of it. That would be very cool to get as a gift. One year for Christmas, I did give my brother-in-law, who is my co-brewer, um, a bunch of bottle caps with our logo on it. So you could cap bottles um, branded with, with ours. And speaking of that, Matt, I there's a lot of things on these best gifts for beer fans lists that are surrounded around bottle cap. So there's a lot of bottle cap art that you can make. Uh, there's the, uh, there's the map of either like the United States or your state. There's the shadow box where you drop the thing in, where you drop the bottle cap in. Um, there's like games that you can play like a, like a quarters or whatever. Um, like, pong with caps like with a little flicker like do you think uh for you personally is is a bottle cap type gift good because you tend to drink a lot of cans yeah i think you know those gifts were great like when i first got into craft beer um it's funny you mentioned like the shadow box in college my uh my senior year my friends and i thought it would be a really fun um idea to collect all the bottle caps that we um of the beers that we drank my senior year, the whole year. So I actually had a a drawer in my desk that was dedicated to just bottle caps. And anytime someone drank a beer in our suite that we lived in, um, they they would know that they needed to take it into my room, their bottle cap and throw it in my drawer. Like anyone who came over, you would put the uh, bottle cap in my drawer. And and at the end of the year, it was overflowing. It was it was it was like a treasure chest. Only instead of gold uh, coins, it was um, bottle caps. But I think now now I don't think that those gifts would necessarily be as applicable because I very rarely drink bottles. I've got two of them in my basement. I've got the shadow box that you drop the cap into, and I've got the United States map, and. I really loved them both when I got them, but what I found was that the um, the shadow box. I don't drink bottled beer often enough to to fill it quickly, uh, and then and then the map. I don't know of enough breweries that offer their beer in bottles that would let me fill it because I wanted to sort of fill it with individual breweries, not have any repeats, and also to try to get the cap as close as possible to the location of the brewery. So, I mean, the the Pennsylvania through Maine uh, quadrant of the map is very well filled, but right. I mean, I, I have not <laughs> bought a beer from Nebraska yet right. that fits in there. And like there's the little Chicago part that's sort of really full. And then there's the Southern California part and the, yep. and the Oregon part that's really full. Uh, and like maybe like one or two in Florida. But there, there's a whole bunch of the center of the map that's that I haven't gotten. And I don't think it's on me as much as it is on the fact that these breweries in these places – don't tend to ship bottles to us. Right. It's, it's it's very expensive to sh- to ship a big heavy bottle. Why not just send cans? And so, 
I, I, I'm not sure that that's a practical gift anymore, even though I deeply love both of those gifts. I think they're great. And I, you know, I hope that eventually I'm able to fill them out. Right. And, you know, kind of in league with that, Jeff, um, even though we're not drinking as many bottles, I do think it's pretty essential for a craft beer fan to have a really good bottle opener. Um, that's like a fun thing you can get at a brewery. I've gone to beer fests where, you know, you walk up to a tent and on their table, there is a, there is like a pile of stickers and then a pile of bottle openers. I just keep them in my bar right now. Like I'm looking right now and I've got a bunch sitting in the, uh, in the little tray that's attached to my bar. That's really for liquor, but I don't drink much liquor. Um, but they're, they're cool little trinkets, and some breweries make really nice ones. My wife actually gave me a bottle opener on our wedding day that said M&M and has the date of our wedding, and we each have one, which is the bottle opener that I keep on my keys and really enjoy. M&M, of course, is for Matt and Maria. Matt's wife's name is, is Maria. It's not because he really likes the candies. <laughs> That's though, true. Although, although I do. I mean, who, who doesn't like M&M's? They're... Uh, a, a really good stocking stuffer is that bottle opener and uh, you know I, I don't really like to use the word tactical because like I, you know everything on instagram you'll get an ad for for like tactical things which is like the army's version of whatever um but uh, a, a a slim bottle opener that you can carry with you because like a lot of them are are pretty bulky um something that you can have on you at all times is is pretty useful Right. And, you know, Jeff, I wanted to kind of round out this uh, episode. You know, you mentioned getting a four pack from a brewery, but you also have a pretty impressive uh, collection of bottles that you're cellaring. And to me, a great gift is always getting one of those bottles because you don't you don't have to drink it right away. And you it's something you can kind of appreciate. And it's a gift that that will kind of keep on giving because you you keep it, you you sort it with your stuff. You and then one day you drink it and you can uh, you can always look back to that holiday you got it. Um, is there is there a bottle that you've been kind of looking at from a distance? Is there something that a style that you like to get when you get those those aged bottles? What what do you think about the that that idea for a gift? I think it's a it's a great gift idea. Um, even like maybe get someone. Um, a six pack or two six packs of something that ages well so that they can have one this year and then like maybe have, uh, and then on subsequent years they go out and they get that beer fresh and then they try the fresh beer against the one aged year, the two aged year. My, my brother-in-law, uh, has kept bottles of, uh, bourbon County brand stout, uh, for the last five years. And he didn't even realize it at first, uh, until he got this year's, he brought it home and he put it in his, um, in his little bar and saw, oh, wait, I have 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016. And then he very quickly sent me a picture of all five and said, hey, uh, next weekend, come to the backyard. We're going to do a tasting. Um, so one, the the Bourbon County series, uh, you know, you, you've talked about how Goose Island is on the outs with you because they, they sold to the big boys. Um, that's a nice one to age. Uh, Mad Elf. Uh, which I mentioned at the top of the episode, ages very well. He and I have also done a five-year vertical on Mad Elf. Uh, by the way, hot tip for the listeners, we believe that it peaks at three years uh, and then goes down. Um, so yeah, big stouts obviously age well. Anything over uh, 9 10% tends to age well. 
uh, and things that are Belgian tend to age well. I just had a two-year um, aged bottle of triple caramelite, uh, and that I didn't even know I had. It was it was behind a couple bottles of Canadian breakfast stout, uh, and I was like, oh look, I guess I'll have this, and that was chef's kiss. Aged very well. Do do you have anything that you particularly like to age? Yeah, I uh, I really like saisons. Um, I really like to age saisons. I have a bottle of Horizon from Tired Hands. That's just the that's about a year and a half, a little over a year and a half old now, which I uh, I'm sitting on. I've got some other Tired Hands, some Forest and Maine stuff saisons that I'm really looking forward to enjoying one day. Whether it's I I actually have Tired Hands. They do like a Yuletide saison. And I have it from last year and I am very tempted to drink it uh, and then replenish um, and get one from this year. And um, maybe every year I do a one-year-old or maybe I get two and I'll do one of them next year and then keep one for even longer. Um, But that's usually, I usually tend like to go towards like the wild or the sour or the Saison, which I know is not your thing. Well, the, the sour and the wild, but um. Yeah, I, I I find those age really nicely. Is there uh and th- this could potentially be an entire separate episode, but is there a threshold at which you're like, all right, I should probably drink this now? You know, I I don't know to be honest because I'm not unlike you. I I really don't get big bottles to age um very often, so I haven't really been collecting anything for that long where I've had to make that decision yet. Um, the oldest thing I have, I think is a barley wine that is, uh, a, a goose Island barley wine that I think you gave me. And I think it's two years old. I think that's the oldest thing I have. So, um, nothing yet that I've been like, Oh, I should probably drink this. But, um, I'm sure at some point with some of these saisons, I'm like, hmm, it, it's, it's time. Um, but that's a great gift, especially if you, if you know someone's into beer and you don't maybe not, you might not know what style they like, regardless of what your preference is for beers that you go to the bottle shop for or a brewery for anything aged is going to be a more complex version of that style. So I think even like you, Jeff, if I would get you a sour um, something that was tending to be sour and you aged it for a long time, you could probably at least enjoy the complexity of that beer when you finally enjoy it, even if it's not a style that you prefer. Um, I think that that's always a great gift. If someone gave me something that I was meant to age, regardless of style, even I don't like bourbon barrel aged stouts, but I would still be like, cool, I'll age this. And in a couple of years, this is going to be way different and it's going to, you know, Things are going to happen to it, and I'm going to enjoy the experience. Yeah, it's it, it it's an interesting uh, discussion to have because, like, you know, if if this year has taught us anything, it's it's that um, all time is borrowed, and so right. you know, do, do, how much how long do you want to age it? But um, there are rewards to the aging, and I'm also not particularly a bourbon barrel aged stout person. I tend to buy them and age them so the so the barrel character goes down on them. Right. Um and like and and then it, then it's very nice. Yeah, I think I might enjoy a, an older sour, but it's also a great it's also a great gift to give, Matt, because there's a chance that it comes back to you. Right. Um if you buy these large format bottles uh and the person sticks it away in a closet, they might pull it out in one or two years and be like, "Oh, right, you know, 
Bill gave me that. Yeah. Let's call let's call Bill over and we'll we'll share it together. That's that's kind of what I've been thinking about with this barley wine. Like I feel like I should enjoy it with you because you gave it to me and I'm like who else would I drink this with? Like, of course, like I want to drink it with you. Like, aside from the fact that you're one of my best friends and we host a beer podcast together, but like you got it for me. You should be able to see the the see it through, see that that aged bottle through as well. So, you know, maybe when this is all over, this being coronavirus, um, we can uh, enjoy that barley wine one day. It doesn't have to be yet because it's only two and it's still a, still a young and still a toddler. Yeah, if it's, I mean, if it's a 2018, I have several bottles of the the standard stout that uh, I'll hold on to one of them and and bring it for that time, and we can sort of make a night of it. Yeah, sounds good to me, Jeff. Speaking of sharing, it has been a real joy getting to share uh, this podcast with you, the listeners. Uh, you can download this podcast wherever you get fine podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a nice review. It really does uh, help with the promotion of the podcast. You can also follow us on social media. We are at Instagram, Shelfie Pod. We are on Twitter, Shelfie Pod, and we are at Facebook.com slash Shelfie Pod. You can also visit us at ShelfiePod.com. That's where we post our full episodes and leave the comments section open so that we can hear from you. We have one more episode left in 2020. We really hope you enjoy that, and we really hope you enjoy your holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and until next time, I'm Jeff Martin. And I'm Matt Prince. Ho, ho, ho.